What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Derek Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Follow our uh, social pages on Twitter and on Facebook for the latest updates. As you may have noticed this week, we're uh, joined on Guest Friday by uh, Nick Peranek, one of my good friends and a, a returning guest on the podcast. Uh, Nick, what's up? Hey, good to be back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while, but ready to dive into it. We're right in the middle and the swing of things here with the NHL uh, offseason. So uh, looking to get down to brass tacks on that. And uh, good to see you as always. We're on Zoom right now for those listening. Uh, so it's good yeah. to see your face. Yeah, it, it is good. I've uh, I realized, you know, putting this up or uh, like getting on the Zoom after. I think last week I may have I think I, I FaceTimed with Matt Blue, but I'm back here on Zoom and I can take a look and I really do need uh, to trim the beard a little bit. <laughs> no, so, it looks good. Uh, it's like a it's like a playoff beard, but in July. I, I don't know. I kind of dig it. Uh, all right. So uh, we're here talking uh, Bruins offseason uh, for this week's Guest Friday. So obviously there's a lot to get to. There's obviously a lot that has happened already and a lot that still hasn't happened yet. So um, I'm excited to get into it. Obviously, the offseason came a little quicker than uh, we would have liked as, as Bruins fans. Um, and, you know, obviously the offseason started with kind of a surprise announcement with the firing of uh, Bruce Cassidy. Um, and then the Bruins obviously bring in Jim Montgomery, um, introducing him uh, this past week. Um, so, Nick, I'm curious about, like, what your thought process is, like, what you thought when they fired Cassidy, your thought process with like the coaching search and then who they ultimately landed on. Yeah. Um, so I think before I even get into that, you have to just go back to the way that regular season ended or the playoff uh, experience with Carolina ended. Mm -hmm. And you, you left that series with a lot of injuries and a lot of question marks. Um, you know, some important guys in the team are going to miss time next year there's going to be massive roster changes coming up in the summer is, is the thought process, um, you know, with McAvoy missing time and, you know, um, Marshy missing time as well. So I was interested to see what they would do at coaching and everyone kind of thought that the GM would be asked to leave and Don Sweeney uh, that of course did not happen. And, you know, when I first heard the news that Cassidy was fired, I was, I was very surprised by it. Um, you know, I thought they had the wrong guy. And I think it just kind of goes to show that the Bruins uh, management, upper management and ownership might be out of touch with what their fan base wants. Um, so it's kind of disheartening as a fan to look at a team who you put a lot of, uh, you know, you put a lot of effort on and they, they just seem to be out of touch. Um, so out with Cassidy, but in with Montgomery, I feel like he is someone who will be a good bench coach for these guys. Um, it just will be interesting to see how, how things work out where, you know, you could still be losing your captain in Patrice Bergeron. There could be, you know, up and down things in the, in the roster where players are out, players are in, and then you have a new head coach and not everyone's on the same page when they start back up. So when everyone gets back to fully healthy. So there's a lot of things that are going through my mind on, on this Bruins team. And, you know, I'm curious to see how they will adapt and overcome to, you know, there's many hardships they're facing right now. That's pre, you know, any free agent signings and pre any trades. Um, so that was my that was my thoughts through, you know, the first few weeks of the offseason. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of was, uh, or it definitely was a surprise to me, you know, getting that news when I did that they were moving on. You know, I think I had the same reaction that, okay, is really the right guy losing their job? Um, so it, it's interesting because it's like the last couple of weeks, I feel like a kind of not come around toward the, the decision to fire Cassidy because I still don't like it, but it kind of makes some sense just based on the, you know, messaging that maybe did or didn't get through to certain guys. You know, you saw some of the ways, some of the things that were happening during kind of the tail end of the season where they give up goals in the last minutes of periods. You know, they played awful in Carolina in that first round series. And so mm -hmm. it kind of was like, okay, are you starting to think that, okay, maybe there is something more to this coaching situation that we're not exactly privy to. And obviously we're not going to be privy to the conversations that happen in that locker room. And maybe there were guys that kind of just got, got sick of the messaging style. Um, and perhaps that's why they're going with this direction. But um, I'm really encouraged about Montgomery and just the, the, the guy that he is, the success that he's had at different levels. Um, and I think, you know, jury, jury's obviously out as to whether this was the right decision, but it seems to me like they're kind of moving in the right direction. No, definitely. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes aboard, like I was just mentioning. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be good to give him this opportunity, um, played his college games very close to Boston or in Boston on the road, in the road games uh, when he played at Maine. Um, seems like a guy who can win at all levels, like you just said. So looking forward to seeing that. But like I said before, it's just, the, it's just, yes, maybe the Bruins got sick and tired. The players got sick and tired of Bruce Cassidy's messaging and maybe, you know, he was a stale voice, but what I, what I really do wonder about is if the new voice is going to get, is going to overshadow some of the veterans who come back late um when they're when they're fully healthy so um overall I, I feel decent about it but I still feel like Cassidy for what what it was worth was was a really good coach and I don't think he got a fair shake because I think the problem the past few years has just been roster management mm -hmm. and when you have mm -hmm. a GM who misses in the draft consecutively who doesn't make necessarily home run trades too much yeah. uh obviously the Bruins have signed some good players in the past few years um Taylor Hall being one of them so there's been some acquisitions that have been like home run, uh, have been, you know, a slam dunk, but none of them have been, you know, the ones we've needed to make this championship team going into the playoffs this year. I did not feel confident about the team making it out of, you know, first, second round. I thought that we match up very well with Carolina. Uh, I don't know what happened home and away. I just, yeah. both teams couldn't, couldn't get it done on the road till the end. Um, so it was very strange or no, they, they still won at home. Carolina did. Um, so it's very strange, um, you know, the way that the playoffs ended, mm -hmm. but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm not trying to say that, oh, they did make the right decision with the coaching, but, um, I think clearly, you know, as you said, Sweeney's kind of had a hit and miss track record of, right. you know, drafting free agency trades. And I think, yeah, did the right guy lose his job? Probably not. But I think. Mm -hmm these are just the cards that they've been dealt at this point. So you just kind of got to roll with it, I guess. Um, but it is going to be very interesting to see what the team looks like opening night and then what it looks like when 
you know, Marshawn, McAvoy, and Grizzlick are all back. And okay, what does this team look like on on Christmas or around the new year? Um, and yep. then more importantly, where they are in the standings. That's true as well. Yeah. No, definitely. It's going it's going to be interesting to see what kind of push they make. And as we inch closer to the to the trade deadline next season, um, if the team's not doing so hot. Do you trade Pasternak? Do you? Because it doesn't sound like they're in, in any real talks to re-sign him as of right now. Um, and and you obviously don't want to let a guy like Pasternak walk at the end of a regular season or end of next season and get nothing in return for him. So there's a lot of factors that come into play here. And and one I wanted to touch on um, was the looming the looming uh, you know question the lingering question of is Bergeron going to come back? When is he going to sign a deal? Because it seemed like he verbally committed, but there's no nothing on ink in paper. Uh, and then is David Krejci going to make the return? He was in Boston with his family about a week ago, uh, maybe the last week or so. Um, so it, it, that, that's, you know, that hangs heavy in the balance of the Bruins future right now, for sure. I, I just want your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think as uh... and those are, those are three big guys, yeah. you know, center position, uh, captain, leader, Selkie mm-hmm. winner, um, in Krejci playmaker, you know, uh, captain of assists basically. Um, yeah. so those are, those are two big guys. And then obviously Pasternak, another big guy that could all be like, you know, their time of the Bruins could be coming to a close here pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so just, just curious what you thought. I think in terms of pasta, I'm probably the most confident that he'll return. You know, I think that they will, work out a contract extension probably will come yeah. in the next few days um because as sweeney said they kind of wanted to approach this with like an aggressive mindset i mean obviously day one of free agency was yesterday and there are people like okay well why didn't you sign yesterday um and i think that that's fair but i'm not overly concerned that he's going to be going anywhere you know i think that they really want him to be here i think that he wants to be here i don't think he's ever given any indication that he wants to play anywhere else um, it just will be interesting to see what the contract looks like. I mean, you got to think it's eight years, but I've heard everywhere from they could give him 8 million a year to 11 million a year, which is like me personally, I don't think I'd go over 10. Um, right. but I guess, you know, who knows? Yep. Uh, but I think I feel most confident that he'll return. You know, Bergeron is probably the next guy where, you know, Sweeney said they don't have anything finalized, but, they're working with him and it seems like you know he's talked to Montgomery he's talked to some of the new prospects that they drafted you know he got that uh procedure done in his elbow and it's just like if he's doing all those things I don't really know if that tells me that he's really you know retiring you know maybe he's taking his time thinking about this decision but I think that there still is the belief that he'll he'll sign at some point um Krejci, I think, who knows? That's really kind of hard to know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, for both of those guys, Bergeron and Krejci, it's kind of just up to them, you know, and if they want to return. And if the Bruins are signing them, they're giving them those, you know, incentive-laden contracts because they don't really have a lot of money that they can give them. But I don't think either of those guys are at the point where they care about how much money they're making. Right. Yep. And, and those are team guys that know they're up against the cap and are, are guys that will be selfless if they do choose to come back and it won't be for the money. It will be for the team and the one more go at it. So uh, interesting to see what I'm interested to see what will, will happen with them too. 
Um, and I also just think just quickly that, you know, something that they could sell David Krejci on is okay. If you come to the Bruins for another year, we'll give you Hall and Pasternak and see what you can do. And, you know, hopefully that's something that entices him, but it's like, if the Bruins only get one of these guys back, they're really going to have to get creative with something else to do because right. if they're missing one of those guys, you know, I'm not sure if they really have enough in the top six. Um, yeah. Both but of them but that's where, that's, yeah. I think where, where Pavela was, I'm forgetting the last name here. Zaka. Yeah. Yeah. Pavel Zaka, where he comes into play yeah. because he's someone who's had a, a good career so far, a short career so far with, with, the devils and mm-hmm. someone who can add to the offensive production of a team. Um, he could have that middle spot on that line, but you know, does Pasternak want to play with him? Does Hall want to play with him? Where do they all mix up is going to be interesting, but I thought overall a pretty decent trade for the Bruins. Oh yeah. Um, with the hollow trade and, and yeah. uh, training for Zaka. What, mm-hmm. what were your impressions when you first heard of it? Oh, I loved it. You know, I think mm-hmm. in, this is something that, that Ty Anderson said that they, you know, sold high on the year that Paula had, you know, if you look at the year he had 44 points, second highest point total of his career, you know, the Bruins really got a lot out of him last year. And I think that they were able to go, okay, you know, can we move one of these forwards in the middle six, get a little bit younger, get a little bit more skilled um, and someone who I think in Zaka can be cost controlled for a few years. You know, they still have to sign him to um, a contract as he's a restricted free agent. But he's a guy that, you know, isn't going to be a spectacular player, but who knows? I mean, he's a guy that was picked sixth overall in 2015. A change of scenery might do him some good. You know, if you look at the numbers that he had last year, you know, 36 points, ideally, you know, he's playing on the third line. You'll take those numbers any day of the week playing on the third line with you know, a coil. Um, and I also think he's got the versatility. He can play on the wing. He can play center. You know, you can put him up on one of the first two lines at the beginning of the year when you're not going to have Marshan for a bit. So I really like the trade because I really think that he can do whatever you ask of him and can play in a variety of different situations. Sorry, I was on the, a different screen. Uh, couldn't get back. Fat fingers. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think that he'll be someone who will help with, you know, the obvious issue of, of secondary scoring. Um, you cannot rely on that first line to do all the heavy lifting, especially where a lot of guys are going to be out, like I keep bringing up. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it. It's a little speed, a little skill. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, really appreciated Hollis' time here. I thought he was a, it was a Bruin. Um, truthfully, I thought he played – very strong and I thought he played well, but at the end of the day, um, Bruins came out kind of on top of this one. So. Yeah. Yeah. They did a, I think a good job. I mean, I feel like as much as Sweeney gets a lot of flack and rightfully so he does sometimes do a good job in these kind of small trades that you don't really think much of. Um, and I think just go back to Zaka. Like I think he's got a lot of potential, you know, I think that, there are a lot of guys that sometimes they come to the Bruins and for whatever reason, they start to play a lot better. You know, they put up, um, you know, numbers that are solid. And like, if he can give you what he gave you last year, you know, he'll take that. Definitely. I mean, 
it might just have something to do with the culture, um, you know, stepping inside right. TD garden and putting on that sweater and knowing you have the support of the fans. And mm-hmm. I mean, New England's a, New England is a, is a, you know, desirable place for a lot of young athletes, um, yeah. good spot to live and a lot to do. And it might have something to do with that. I don't know. What, what do I know? I mean, some players between the, you know, Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, they've all said that, you know, Boston's desirable uh, place to play and live in. So, um, except maybe Kyrie Irving, but, <laughs> but no, that, that might play a, a factor for him. And hopefully we can get a little bit more out of him than he's been giving the devils the past few years. Yeah. Um, another, you know, kind of younger ish guy that I'm kind of excited about is Jake DeBrusque. You know, he said that he's uh, willing to be here, willing to stay in Boston and, you know, I think kind of the obvious thing people would point to is, okay, um, you know, Bruce Cassidy is no longer the coach. He, you know, obviously had had his issues with Bruce Cassidy, but I don't know if his return to Boston is exactly because of that. You know, it might be some other reasons. I mean, I think that he, you know, played really excellent hockey last year at times, you know, 25 goals. It was uh, the most goals that he scored since his second year. You know, he was right back to that player that I think we all thought he was after, you know, his first two seasons where he put up 40 plus points. Um, you know, playing with Bergeron, playing with Marchand was, you know, huge for his game. I mean, obviously, he will not be able to play with Marchand at the beginning of the year this year, but right. I think he just really kind of found his groove again and found his groove as an offensive, you know, goal scorer guy that can give you 25 goals. Um, and hopefully with a new coach that historically works well with younger players, you know, maybe we could see Jake get into the, the 30 goal, 30 goal category next year. That would be nice. And I think this is just obviously pure speculation, but I think at times when DeBrusque and, and Cassidy would get frustrated uh, with one another, I think it almost seemed like when they first experimented with moving the lines around and moving him up to the first line, it almost seemed like a, shut up or put up Hmm. play play with these guys show me you can play with them if you can't play with them you can't play with anyone type thing and he responded he responded that in multiple instances when he would go up and down uh different lines and when he'd play uh you know when he after the trade uh request last season and he was playing up he was playing lights out i mean that was the debrusque we needed all along and i think he's had a lot of growing up to do the past few seasons i think that he's been you know very inconsistent offensively and we've seen flashes from him, but I think that now new head coach, a little bit of a fresh start. If you're able to play with, you know, some of the top players in the world in Bergeron and Pasternak for another season, or excuse me, Marshy, um, you know, that can be something that can really bring him to the next level. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad he's coming back. I was, I was someone who was kind of out on him. Um, when he requested the trade, I was like, just trade them. But now I'm glad Sweeney has held on to that piece because he can be a very valuable asset either now or in the, down the future. Say he scores 30 goals this year. Say he scores 30 goals next year. If you don't want to sign him to the money he wants in two years, he's now the biggest trade piece that the Bruins would have um, as, as a, you know, young getting towards a veteran aged guy. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do this season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it um, as well. Um, Obviously, the Bruins were not uh, necessarily super active 
in the free agent market yesterday. They did sign some guys, but yeah, uh, I think it seems like majority of these guys are going to be seeing a good amount of time in Providence. You know, I think that a couple of these guys you could see in Boston um, yep. at times. Um, I think that the one player that I think could challenge for a roster spot um, is AJ Greer, a former BU Terrier, played a season and a half, was a second round pick in Colorado. So he signed yesterday for a two year deal uh, worth 1.525 million. Um, so he's a guy that's not really stuck very much at the NHL level. He has 47 games um, of NHL experience, you know, kind of a, a fourth line type of guy, but um, kind of curious to see what he can do. Um, he's a guy that clearly was kind of a higher draft pick, um, hasn't exactly put out yet, but kind of curious to see what, what he could do at the NHL level. Um, you know, I think majority of these guys are just kind of depth guys to play in Providence. You know, they lost a couple of guys in free agency. Um, so, you know, that's kind of majority of what these signings are. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's fine. Um, it wasn't a big splash on the first day, but it's a little disheartening and like fans get up in the comments and like, obviously fans overreact to every, every bit of news. That's not like this huge deal, but you know, for me, even I was like, what's up with all these two-way contracts what's up with like these two-way guys like I know we need some people and and some stuff like that but I I feel like the Bruins are showing that they're getting these you know mid-range guys or even older guy like Keith Kincaid and they're putting them stashing them on the Providence Bruins when they just drafted a whole bunch of young guys the past few years that could be seeing time with the Providence Bruins shortly yeah so I I agree I don't know how close though some of it's just kind of showing it's just kind of showing that the depth of Providence. So so like let's take it another step, right? When the Bruins playoff roster was getting finalized, who is the person that they called up? Chris Wagner, after playing right, one yeah. or two games all year. Yeah. He played like the last two games and then on the playoff roster. You yeah. mean to tell me that you don't have one guy, one prospect out of Providence that's ready for the playoffs or ready to just hop in on a fourth line or extra skater role? It seems this is where I'm getting frustrated with Sweeney in terms of roster management, because it's like, do you draft guys? Do you draft guys? Do you build a farm system? Do you have the next, you know, wave of new guys that you don't have to trade for or pick up with huge signings? Or do you not? Are you just kind of a guy who just makes a big signing and he's not really a guy to make that big of a signing, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Other than Taylor Hall. So um, that's what I'm kind of getting at is that the first day of free agency, it wasn't very, you know, it wasn't very good, but I understand there's reasons for it and there's roles, but it just seems like where's, where's the young guys, where's everyone that can play. I know you have veteran presences on, you know, these minor league teams, but it just, I don't know, seems a little bit much. Yeah. I mean, I think the Bruins do have, you know, organizational needs in different areas. And so they're kind of just filling those roles. I mean, when you look at what this team had to start free agency yesterday, you know, you're sitting at 2.3 million in cap space. I mean, there's not really a lot that you can do with that. And I think that, you know, I think that it does speak to a larger issue that obviously there's not quite enough in the pipeline as there needs to be. Um, But I think that, 
you know, a lot of these signings are kind of guys that can get minutes in Providence, guys who might be able to help you at the NHL level. I mean, we saw a couple of these guys over the last few years, like Greg McKegg, for example, they signed him like two years ago. He played five games with the Bruins, mostly in Providence. I mean, I don't think that any of these signings are going to be, you know, roadblocking any of their young talent. I mean, I think that obviously there's Lysel who probably will start the year in Providence, but, you know, I think that most of these guys, uh, like the young guys that they drafted, they're going to still be in juniors for the next year or two. Um, and they're still kind of a ways away from playing professional hockey and signing, you know, entry-level deals and all that. Um, I honestly did like uh, the signing of Connor Carrick. And he's a guy that's played over 200 games at the NHL level, gives you some right shot depth. If you need it, you know, I think going into the year, the Bruins are pretty thin without McAvoy. I mean, it's like the right shot guys that you have at the moment are Carlo and um, Connor Clifton. So it's like, obviously, you need another body. You probably need another one, too. Um, but I think, sure, it's easy to get annoyed with these signings. I think that that's definitely uh, legitimate. But I think that what I think is happening is the Bruins are addressing needs in the organization. And then they're like, okay, we'll enter into hopefully bringing Bergeron Krejci back um, and then giving a new contract to Zaka. So, you know, who knows? I just, going into yesterday, I didn't expect anything really crazy. Yeah, I didn't expect anything much. And, and I'm glad we got what we got. Let's, let's, I don't want to sound like, I don't want my final thoughts here to be that I'm a bitter Bruins fan because no, there is a lot there is a lot of upside in coming to this Bruins team. And, you know, before this off season, I was very pessimistic, but I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of, you know, what the organization needs. Uh, but at the same time, I'd like to see a little bit more growth and, you know, a little bit better of a roster that, that will help. And, and you're right. There's, there's holes defensively big time on the right side. There's holes, you know, even with injuries on the left side as well. So we'll see what happens here in the next few months with, if they'll address the defensive needs. And I think the hope is with those young guys that maybe you've not seen a lot from in the last two years, probably the hope is you bring in a new coach who has this pedigree of doing well at the college level, doing well at the NHL level, getting more out of guys like Stadnika, Trent Frederick, you know, Carlo even, um, DeBrusque, Oscar Steen, you know, some of those guys so that they don't have to get to a situation where they're calling up Chris Wagner, the week left in the regular season. Right. And he's playing right. minutes and it's like, God bless Chris Wagner. He, he, he plays hard. You know, he's a heart. He, he's a good, he's a great guy to root for, but just not what they need. Right. Exactly. No longer a playoff guy. And, and that's just the situations that they cannot be in going forward to compete for championships. And it, it it doesn't work like that in the NHL. Look at the teams that make it to the final four. Yep. You, you cannot make it on just bare whim alone. Right. You have to, you have to load up and go for it. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's what Sweeney does. Yeah. I mean, hopefully get Krejci and Bergeron back in there, get it, uh, you know, run it back one more time and then just see what they can do. I mean, I think unfortunately at the moment, that's the best option that they have. I mean, clearly, yes it's not great when you're relying on two, you know, over 35 guys to come in and help you get back to where you want to be. But 
it is what it is. They're in the spot that they're in. And uh, I just would like to see Hall Pasternak and Krejci for a whole year. I just would love to see that. That would be sick. That would be sick. See that. Um, Any, any other, any other Bruins uh, thoughts you have, Nick? You know, I don't think so right now. I think, I think we've covered a lot of stuff that's happened to this point. Um, But what I'm looking forward to as we, you know, finish up dev camp, head into, you know, the summer training sessions and head towards the regular season is I just hope that this Bruins team can find a little bit of cohesion, um, you know, and be, and be a really solid team when they, when they start back up again. And I don't want to, you know, I, hopefully everything kind of gets settled where, you know, there was Cassidy rumors, this, and he lost the message there. I hope Montgomery can come in, lock down the fort and make sure that this team has a successful year. Um, because it's, it's hard to watch the Bruins when they're not competitive. It's hard to watch any team when they're not competitive. And so I think it's all right there for them. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, it comes all together with players, coaching, management staff. And it seems like right now everyone's kind of on a different page. Everything's getting a little shuffled around. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if, if things settle down as the months go on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's like two months or so away from, uh, training camp so you know hopefully by that time they have stuff figured out everyone's you know signed and they have an idea of okay here's the identity of the team and you know obviously they're going to start the year shorthanded but hopefully they can start at a point where they don't feel like okay we just have to tread water until Marshan and McAvoy are back um, all right well uh, great talking to you Nick as always uh, and Hopefully we'll get you back maybe at the start of the year for more Bruins. That would be great. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, thanks for having me on. Really great to be on. And uh, it's been a while since I've talked Bruins with, with anyone on the pod. So it's been great. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, you can obviously listen to the podcast, all the places that I said, follow the socials. And uh, we'll be back with you guys next week uh, for a Tuesday episode.